Welcome to Word Wednesday number 20. Today I will be reading an excerpt from The Secret Teachings of All Ages, an encyclopedic outline of Masonic, Hermetic, Kabbalistic, and Rosicrucian Symbological Philosophy by Manly P. Hall. Uh, haven't read much of this book. And I was looking at it to choose a little excerpt beforehand. And it was reminding me of Rudolf Steiner uh, and his book that I can never remember the name of. But it is about the prehistory of man. So what I'm going to read to you is a little dense, but I hope you enjoy. So this is Corey Lovejoy reading from The Secret Teachings of All Ages by Manly P. Hall. The Druidic Mysteries of Britain and Gaul. The original and primitive inhabitants of Britain at some remote period revived and reformed their national institutes. Their priest or instructor had hitherto been simply named Gwyd, but it was also considered to have become necessary to divide this office between the national or superior priest and another whose influence would be more limited. From henceforth, the former became Derwid, Druid, or Superior Instructor, and the later Goid or Ovid, Ovid, Subordinate Instructor. And both went by the general name of Beard, Bards, or Teachers of Wisdom. As the system matured and augmented, the Bardic order consisted of three classes, the Druids, Beardbrained, or Privileged Bards, and Ovates. See Samuel Merrick and Charles Smith, the costume of the original inhabitants of the British Islands. The origin of the word Druid is under dispute. Max Mueller believes that like the Irish word Dri, it means the men of the oak trees. He further draws attention to the fact that the forest gods and tree deities of the Greek were called dryads. Some believe the word to be of Teutonic origin, others ascribe it to be Welsh. A few trace it to the Gaelic dridi, which means a wise man or a sorcerer. In Sanskrit, the word dru means timber. At the time of the Roman conquest, the Druids were thoroughly ensconced in Britain and Gaul. Their power over the people was unquestioned, and there were instances in which armies about to, about to attack each other sheathed their swords when ordered to do so by the white-robed Druids. No undertaking of great importance was scattered without the assistance of these patriarchs, who stood as mediators between the gods and men. The Druidic order is deservedly credited with having had a deep understanding of nature and the laws. The Encyclopedia Britannica states that the knowledge of medicine, oh wait, hang on. The Encyclopedia Britannica states that geography, physical science, natural theology, and astrology were their favorite studies. The Druids had a fundamental knowledge of medicine, especially the use of herbs and simples. Crude surgical instruments also have been found in England and Ireland. An odd treatise 
on early British medicine states that every practitioner was expected to have a garden or backyard for growing of certain herbs necessary to his profession. Eliphas Levi, the celebrated transcendentalist, makes the following significant statement. The Druids were priests and physicians curing by magnetism and charging amulets with their fluidic influence. Their universal remedies were mistletoe and serpent's egg because these substances attract the astral light in a special manner. The solemnity, solemnity with which mistletoe was cut down drew upon this plant the popular confidence and rendered it powerfully magnetic. The progress of magnetism will someday reveal to us the absorbing properties of mistletoe. We shall then understand the secret of those spongy growths which drew the unused virtues of plants and become surcharged with tinctures and savors. Mushrooms, truffles, gall on trees, and the different kinds of mistletoe will be employed with understanding by a medical science, which will be new because it is old. But one must not move quicker than science, which recedes that it may advance the further. See the history of magic. Not only was the mistletoe sacred as symbolic of the universal medicine or panacea, but also because of the fact that it grew upon the oak tree. Through the symbol of the oak, the Druids worshipped the supreme deity. Therefore, anything growing upon the tree was sacred to him. At certain seasons, according to the positions of the sun, moon, and stars, the Arc Druid climbed the oak tree and cut the mistletoe with a golden sickle consecrated for that service. The parasitic growth was caught in white cloths provided for the purpose, lest it touch the earth and be polluted by terrestrial vibrations. Usually, a sacrifice of a white bull was made under the tree. The Druids were initiates of a secret school that existed in their midst. This school was closely resembled the Bacchic and Eleusian mysteries of Greece or the Egyptian rites of Isis and Osiris is justly designated the Druidic Mysteries. There has been much speculation concerning the secret wisdom that the Druids claimed to possess. Their secret teachings were never written, but were communicated orally to specially prepared candidates. Robert Brown, 32, is of the opinion that the British priests secured their information from Tyrian and Phoenician navigators who thousands of years before the Christian era established colonies in Britain and Gaul while searching for tin. Thomas Maurice, in his Indian Antiquities, discourses at length on Phoenician, Carthaginian, and Greek expeditions to the British Isles for the purposes of procuring tin. Others are, are of the opinion that the mysteries, as celebrated by the Druids, were of Oriental origin, possibly Buddhistic. The proximity of the British Isles to the lost Atlantis may account for the sun worship, which plays an important part in the rituals of Druidism. According to Artemidorus, Ceres, and Persephone, were worshipped on an island close to Britain with rites and ceremonies similar to those of Samothrace. There is no that doubt that the Druidic pantheon includes a large number of Greek and Roman deities. 
This greatly amazed Caesar during his conquest of Britain and Gaul and caused him to affirm that these tribes adored Mercury, Apollo, Mars, and Jupiter in a manner similar to that of the Latin countries. It is almost certain that the Druidic mysteries were not indigenous to Britain or Gaul, but migrated from one of the more ancient civilizations. The school of the Druids was divided into three distinct parts, and the secret teachings embodied there are practically the same as the mysteries concealed under the allegories of Blue Lodge masonry. The lowest of the three divisions was that of Ovid. This was an honorary degree requiring no special purification or preparation. The Ovates dressed in green, the juridic color of learning, and were expected to know something about medicine, astronomy, poetry if possible, and sometimes music. An Ovate was an individual admitted to the juridic order because of his general excellence and superior knowledge concerning the problems of life. The second division was that of the Bard, Beard. Its members were robed in sky blue to represent harmony and truth, and to them was assigned the labor of memorizing, at least in part, the 20,000 verses of Druidic sacred poetry. They were often pictured with the primitive British or Irish harp, an instrument strung with human hair and having as many strings as there were ribs on one side of the human body. These bards were often chosen as teachers of candidates seeking entrance into the Druidic mysteries. Neophytes were striped robes of blue, green, and white, these being the three sacred colors of the Druidic order. The third division was that of Druid, Duredon. Its particular labor was to minister to the religious needs of the people. To reach this dignity, the candidate must first become a barbrant. The Druids, always dressed in white, symbolic of their purity, and the color used by them to symbolize the sun. In order to reach the exalted position of archdruid or spiritual head of the organization, it was necessary for a priest to pass through the six successive degrees of the druidic order. The members of the different degrees were differentiated by the color of their sashes for all of them wore robes of white. Some writers are of the opinion that the title of archdruid was hereditary, descending from father to son, but it is more probable that the honor was conferred by ballot election. Its rece reception was chosen for his virtues and integrity from the most learned members of the higher juridic degrees. All right, that ends my excerpt from uh, Manly P. Hall's The Secret Teachings of All Ages. Boy, was that fascinating. Uh, if you'd like to hear more about why I chose that to read for this week's Word Wednesday, uh, check me out on Patreon, Contemporary Hawaiian Poetess. I do a summary at the end of the month saying why I chose what I chose for Word Wednesday. Also, if you're like, good grief, woman, uh, you don't know how to pronounce that correctly or you're, you make mistakes whilst reading. Yeah, I know. And I purposely leave them in so for the vibes of it's okay to make mistakes and still present your work to the world. Why? Because we're human and we all make mistakes and it's okay. Uh, if you hate it, I'm sorry. Either way, thank you for joining me. We'll see you next time on Word Wednesday. Keep it mystical.